People have been hunting birds since the dawn of time. They've been hunted for food, for feathers, and more recently for pleasure and sport. People hunt many different types of birds for many different reasons. And you are about to hear some of the stories behind these reasons. This is the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. GoHuntBirds.com podcast with episode two. I have Ron Mutri with me, and uh, we're going to get a little bit of a, a background on what Ron is about. Uh, so, Ron, tell me a little bit about how you got into hunting and how long you've been hunting. Uh, my first year hunting, probably I was 20, 21. Uh, I actually started out crow shooting with a friend of mine in college, and... Uh, then I got busy for a few years to graduate, and it wasn't until I moved up the Ottawa Valley that I really got into more bird hunting. I did a little bit at home, uh, mostly by myself and mostly not knowing what I was doing. There wasn't the uh, audiovisual aids that you have nowadays for learning, and there wasn't really the opportunity until I moved to the valley to uh, meet people that hunted a lot. So... Um, Moving up here was one of the big reasons was the hunting and fishing that I, I wanted. And so when Ron says moving up here, Ron, uh, we know live here in the Pembroke, uh, Ontario area, which is kind of near Ottawa. But Ron is originally from the Guelph area, southern Ontario, and uh, he decided when he took his teaching degree, I think, Ron, that living up here in the valley would be a little better opportunity for him to, to get into the outdoor stuff. So maybe, maybe you tell us about the opportunity of hunting back back then when you first got into teaching uh, in southern Ontario. What, what was it like there versus when you moved here? Uh, there basically wasn't much. Um, there was a lot more pollution in the rivers. You spent more time trying to find somewhere to fish than you did actually fishing. Um, the same with hunting, unless you had a property, it was hard. There wasn't the geese and so on that they have now. Um, and I camped through this area as a, uh, early teenage years. So I had an idea that this is where I'd like to live. And, uh, I jumped at the chance to move up here for a teaching career and I really haven't regretted it. It's been great. Right on. Um, so you, you've essentially been hunting, we always joke, uh, you know, 50 plus years, uh, yep. when you first got into hunting versus today, um, what, what changes are, are there and maybe what similarities touch on some of that? Well, I think the, <laughs> there's more changes than anything. Um, I'm the only one in my family, uh, that hunts or ever hunted. Um, so I, I had to, when I moved up here, basically is where I met people, neighbors and so on that got me involved with the Pembroke Outdoor Sportsman's Club. And that way I, I got to know people that, that hunted and got more ideas. Uh, there wasn't the audio visual aids that 
we have today, which would really help out. There wasn't the programs on uh, TV, maybe Field and Stream, and that was about it. Uh, again, with magazines, there wasn't a lot of magazines that could help you with especially waterfowl. Um, so the big change is now there's all kinds of resources. There's all kinds of opportunities for people to get into hunting. Uh, and the other big change is now there's more females uh, joining the hunt, hunting uh, or becoming hunters. And that's a big bonus. Uh, plus there's junior hunters now. There's a mentorship program. All of those things I would love to have been involved in when I was in my early teen years. And uh, so it's good. It's a lot better now, a lot easier to get into. Um, the only drawback now is having properties on which to hunt. And you've got to do the legwork and get out there and, and scout and seek out permission. And uh, gradually it comes if you, you work at it. The uh, the scouting is a big one. You're You're a huge asset in our group uh, for scouting obviously being retired uh, has a lot to do with that a lot of the guys that we hunt with work full time so it's not uh, something that they can all get out and do on a day to day basis um, do you feel maybe you know being your eight, you're going to be 71 this 73 this this May uh, do you feel at your age with hunting with some of the younger guys in our group uh, and I mean, so those who are listening, the youngest in our group that hunts with us regular is 19 years old. Uh, we go right up into Ron would be the elder of our group. Uh, do you feel young, hunting with younger guys gets you out maybe more than what you would uh, if you still just hunted alone? Uh, just hunting with other people, let alone younger guys. Uh, I mean, the guys do look after me. I don't have to chase after cripples and stuff. Um I had some knee problems a few years ago. I've had two knee replacements, so I'm good to go now. Um, uh, I, I don't just, know. It, it I, just keeps me going having other guys there to, to hunt yeah, with. You I know. just know myself. I, I mean, I, I very rarely hunt alone. And I know that if I've committed to go hunt with you the next morning or hunt with somebody, even if you wake up and maybe you don't quite feel like it, you're... Yeah, you're up to give yourself... You're like, oh, well, I've committed to Ron, or I've committed you know, to somebody. I'm going to go. Kick your butt. Yeah, yeah. So there's been a few rainy mornings when I'd like to have rolled over and gone back to yeah, bed. But. I know there was a couple of times last fall where we were joking that you had hunted six or seven days in a row uh, because even though one of us couldn't go, someone else could, and you, you know, uh, you 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 generally year over year are the guy in our group that gets out pretty well the most often, um, which is commendable for somebody who's going to be 73. I don't use that as an excuse. <laughs> no, no. So, but uh, you know, I I just I often run into people that say, "Oh, I don't have the time," or you know, the motivation, or you know, and, and do you maybe agree that it's just not a priority. Well, that's all of those things. Yeah, yeah. you if you're a waterfowler, uh, it helps to be a little brain dead, so you get out there in the the snow or the rain or whatever, and usually you enjoy it. You uh, you know, you might might think you're crazy until you're actually out there. And you're enjoying, especially mornings, that's my favorite time. Uh, I enjoy hearing the earth come alive and uh, seeing what's happening and, you know, seeing coyotes or fox or... Hear the crows. Uh, I always crows know that we or don't, we're not going to see birds until we hear the crows. Yeah. Um, 
you mentioned about getting women into hunting. I know we do a youth hunt as well. What what do you feel that, that is going to get more people into hunting? And maybe especially people that uh, came from a background similar to yours that, that didn't have a family that hunt, didn't get into hunting until they were into their 20s, which is also my situation. Uh, I think uh, for people that don't have family that are involved in hunting, they need to investigate sportsmen's clubs, their nearest one. Uh, get involved that way. Uh, learn to, to shoot. Uh, they have programs that will help. Um, the other thing you need to do is just simply get out. Get out in the bush. Get out in the on the lakes or ponds or whatever. I hunted, uh, when I moved up here, I hunted lots of times on Cobden Lake where I didn't know what I was doing. I had a few decoys. I had a canoe and a, and a lab. Uh, I got out there and I wasn't all that successful. But I hung around till 10, 11, 12 o'clock with my binoculars and I watched if I saw birds flying. I watched what they did. I mentally kept track of, although I should have been writing it down, I mentally kept track of the weather, the wind, uh, and I got to learn, okay, on certain days you're better off tucked in a corner. On other days, maybe you want to be on a point. Um, I got to be fairly knowledgeable about waterfowl, especially ducks. Um, now I forgot a lot because I don't hunt water very much anymore. Um, but you learn by simply being out there and experiencing nature and being observant. You mentioned we don't really hunt water as often. Do you find hunting in the fields now, it's obviously a different ball game than when you, when you started hunting and sledging around it with a canoe. Um, you know, do you, do you find field hunting is kind of the way to go or do you, you know, kind of yearn for those, you know, marsh hunts again? I, uh, I love field hunting. Um, it's a lot less hassle. Uh, often you can drive to your location. You can take a bunch of decoys, put them out. Uh, you've got your blinds and everything, um, that you can set out and then you just get rid of the vehicles, drive off 500 yards or whatever and walk back. And then you got you're still in the dark, usually we're hunting mornings, and you can watch the earth come alive. And you can lay back, you can chat with your friends, uh, smoke the odd cigar. Which you uh, like to do. Which I like to do. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, that's, to me, that's, that's almost a religious moment for me. Uh, let's switch to turkey hunting a bit. You've been turkey hunting for how many years, roughly? Uh, I took the turkey course about 15 years before they ever opened it in the valley. Uh, I just took it with a, a friend of mine for something to do. And uh, I think he, he did a, a guided hunt down near Cornwall uh, a couple years after he took the course. But I never really got to hunt until they opened it up in Unit 59. Yeah, so and, you, you've uh, been hunting turkeys since we've had a turkey hunt here. I don't even know how long that was now. It's been... Yeah, we're gonna have a while. to. We'll have to. We'll have to research and find out how, how long ago that was because um, it's got to be ten or fifteen years you know, anyway. When I when oh, I'm sure it's longer. When I when I think of turkey hunting, I think of guys like you that mm. that, that, that kind of pioneered the turkey hunting in Ontario. Um, mm. You know, and uh, I, I I know that's one of your favorite times of year. I know we're you and I are both waiting for that to be happen. You know, anytime now. Um, now. 
turkey hunting is another good example of scouting. Uh, when I first hunted this area, when they first opened it, I think it took me three years to get my first bird. Uh, and it wasn't, I just didn't quit, say, at 8 o'clock or 9 o'clock. I tried to pattern the birds if, if they were around. Sometimes I didn't see some birds till 11 o'clock or... Sometimes it was afternoon when I'd see them. Yeah, and in those <clears> days back then, I believe you could only hunt till noon, right? Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, so as the turkey hunt gets closer, I mean, uh, people know we hunt on both sides of the of the river, Quebec and Ontario. Are you going to try and get four toms this year? Is that, <laughs> is that the goal? Well, it's always the goal, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it's expensive, uh, especially on the Quebec side as a non-resident. Yeah. But if you're a bird hunter... Uh, and you're lucky enough to, to afford it, uh, money's not the issue, it's the experience. And you feel like that, I think, about everything, right? I mean, I mean, you know, hunting obviously is your priority for, for pastime. Uh, within reason, it's it, it's just part of the budget, right? Yes, yeah, oh, for sure, yeah. Um, so, so that being said, I know we always tease you, so you, so you still shoot a pump-action shotgun. Oh, yeah. Uh, is that going to change for this for this fall? Uh, I like my Remington 870. Uh, I don't know if I would get a, a semi-auto or not. And again, I like I like the feel of a Remington. Uh, whether I'd get a Versamax or something like it, I, I don't know. I'd, I'll have to see if there's a good deal somewhere, maybe. Cool. Because um, I know that we often tease you that your uh, your response time at 73 is slightly slower than it was in years past, but... Uh... That's not to say you're not you're you're not a good shoot, I mean, or a good shot, you know. I'm just not as quick. Yeah, well, that's what I mean. The, the yeah. They come they come down if I get time to line up on them. <laughs> that's right, they do. Um, Fifty years or plus hunting birds, and I mean, you may have to think about this for a minute. What's your favorite memory of bird hunting in, in the in the many years that you've been going, or maybe you have a couple? I actually the the first duck I ever got. Uh, again, I can't remember exactly where it was, but I remember walking in from a side road, and it was, you had to sort of pick your way in because it was a wet, swampy kind of area, and not knowing again what I was doing. But anyway, uh, I put up a pair of ducks. I missed on my first shot at the drake, but I got a hen. And I, when I dropped her, luckily enough, I dropped her, and I was able to find her. And that was the only two birds I saw that that morning. I brought her home, and uh, my mother was proud as punch of me. And I guess I was, you know, I must have been, well, I, I lived at home for a couple of years when I was at university, so it was probably 2021. And uh, she took a picture of me with the bird, and that was my very first bird, very first waterfall, I guess. And uh, so that really is a... It sticks in my memory. There's still a copy of that photo somewhere, I'm sure. Oh, I'm sure there is. I don't have it framed or anything, but yeah, it's around well, somewhere. We'll have to track that photo down because that's a pretty cool... Uh, and then I've had a couple of hunts with the guys up here for waterfall, especially for uh, field shooting for geese. And uh, it was just, you know, you've had a couple of times where you got one of those days that the bird's decoy exact... Uh, your shooting's on, and you have a phenomenal hunt that's over quick, and uh, 
then you get to enjoy cleaning a whole bunch of birds. I know there's one particular hunt, and you'll remember this, it was you and I and Jay Hillier uh, yep. in the fog. That, that, Foggy uh, field, yeah. That hunt still... Yeah, that that's one that... I. It was just like they were programmed to come in right yeah. down the slot. Yeah. And I was I was hitting birds left and right. I got one at sixty yards. I couldn't believe it. Yeah, no, that was that yeah. was a great morning that we had for sure. Uh, your favorite bird to hunt: geese, ducks, turkeys. What what is the absolute favorite? I don't think I can do that. Uh, I love hunting uh, geese. I I like the taste of duck better. Uh, I like field shooting ducks enormously if you get a chance. Um, I love pheasant hunting. Although I find that a lot easier, and I also love uh, turkey hunting. Turkey hunting's pretty, pretty up there as far as uh, as my love of hunting. Um, I guess it's because they're so smart and hard to outfox. I attribute turkey hunting to chess playing. Like you yeah. said, playing chess with them, it's it's strategically moving, and then watching them move, and then being in the right place. And uh, and you you do need to scout them just like you yeah, scout pattern them. Yeah, pattern them, yeah. But it, uh, sometimes you just plain get lucky, but usually if you're going to be consistently good, uh, you need to pattern them. And uh last couple of years I haven't had the luck I would normally expect, but most years I've ended up with... Well, you've shot some nice two good in the last few yeah. years. I mean, I know it was well, two years ago we had a limb hanger hanging on the yeah. tree here. Um, yeah, but again, uh, uh, that particular limb hanger... Uh, I I must have been out three or four times, and bumped into him one way or another. He was pretty foxy, and uh, by having watched his behavior, I moved probably four or five hundred yards from where I had been hunting, and uh, just luckily, uh, he was with a hen. The hen came by me, and he followed her, and that was it. That was the end of the story. Yeah. This fall past, we went to Saskatchewan. Uh, I know you had mentioned that you had been out there 30-plus years ago or more. Yeah, uh, it was mid-'80s anyway. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, so, yeah, so quite a while ago, you know, 35-plus years ago. But uh, um, tell people about it. Worthwhile? Would you <clears> go again? <throat> if I said we're going in September, would you be on the bus to go again? <laughs> it's a long friggin' drive. Yeah, that I'd be is. tempted to fly out, I think. Um, again, I don't know all the details of flying with firearms and that, but That's pretty I'm sure somebody can, can figure it, it out is, for yeah. me. Uh, it is a long, long drive, and it's the most scenic uh, that you can imagine, especially if you take the Lake Superior route. But this is a huge province. You drive forever. By the time you get to the Manitoba border, it's the equivalent of driving to Florida. So, yeah, it's not a short trip. No, but, I mean, it was worth it, eh? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Like, you see more birds in one day than than you see here in a, a whole fall. So. It is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I mean, if, if you told me, hey, let's go again, I'd, I'd probably try really hard to make that happen. But uh, the last thing I think I'm going to ask you, which everybody will, I'm sure will want to know from Ron, is uh, what's your favorite cigar? <laughs> I get asked that a lot. Well, if you got lots of money, you can Cohibas from Cuba. But if you're a retired individual on a fixed pension, uh, I would suggest uh, I like the uh, Super Coronas 263s. 
Yeah. Yeah. So everybody got that if they're into smoking cigars, they'll... Uh... It's, it's uh, as far as smokeability, you got about a $3 cigar, and I've had them, they smoke almost better than some of the... Five to ten dollar cigars. So, any any other stuff you think you'd want to share with people as far as bird hunting goes, or, or you know, being a part of Go Hunt Birds, and, and what makes it worthwhile for you? Uh, as far as sharing, um, again, I'm interested in the into hunting, male or female, young or old. Uh, you've got lots of resources. I think a sportsman's club uh, is probably a good place to to start. You can hone your shooting skills. You can talk with people that have experience. Maybe hook up with some experienced people. Um, other than that, uh, you have to do your legwork, scouting, finding properties, talking to landowners, um, and eventually you'll develop a, a number of properties and getting out there, um, simply experiencing what's there and watching what's happening and observing and you will become a better hunter and harvester uh, with that. So it's not going to happen. It's no quick fix, but it comes with would you, experience. Would you say that we're in the heyday of hunting now, or do you feel it was better before? Oh, no, we're in the heyday now. Even even back home in the Guelph area, now they have all kinds of uh, goose and duck hunting that wasn't there when I was there, well, I, I know our friend Corey Baker, who lives there in Guelph. He always makes sure to keep a keep a close eye on the birds yeah. and the, in our nose a little bit. So, I mean, that, that you couldn't fish a lot of the rivers. I think the Grand River was one uh, between Guelph and Kitchener area, and it used to be so slimy that you couldn't even fish it. Now they've got pickerel and bass and that running up the river. Uh, all the rivers have cleaned up enormously. So, what wasn't there when I was living there is certainly improved a lot. But you wouldn't want to go back, though, I'm sure. No, the valley's my home. <laughs> right on, Ron. Well, we're glad to have you on our team and obviously glad to have you hunting with us. Um, thanks for taking the time to sit and, and kind of just let us pick your brain. And um, hopefully we'll get this onto a podcast. Your, your thoughts on uh, on all of this technology and everything these days versus, versus what it was like maybe 30 years ago? Uh, the technology I find a little confusing. I don't even own a computer. I'm still trying to work out my iPhone. Uh, I can do some of the simple things on it. We, we made Ron get an iPhone so that we could text him and talk to him because it was, uh, you know, we'd leave him messages on his house phone all the time and, and um, it, we'd get back, he'd get back to us maybe the next day. So we, we made him buy an, an iPhone. Uh, yeah, but you can be also a slave to the technology as well. Uh, it has advantages. Uh, there's still nothing wrong with Actually, getting out and doing. Uh, Still the best way. Yeah, well, everything in their own time. Some people are slaves to their cell phone. Uh, I'm not. I I sometimes forget to check Facebook or Messenger. Uh, I might take a day or two before I check it. And when I do check it, I find people that have been on it nonstop all day long, day after day. So. Well, you're usually pretty quick to text back, though, if I text you. If you text me, yeah. 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 That's good. Well, that's, I mean, the, the main thing was for us to try to get in, in hold of you. So I, I know it, uh, it. it's definitely something that you're glad you have, I think, now. But but I don't think you're a slave to it by any means. No, I'm not. I I can't believe how people get out of shape because they are they had to turn their phone off or something. <laughs> and they're, they're away from it. They're lost. Like, give me a break. 
Well, buddy, I'm. Uh, it's it's now March. Actually, it's the first day of spring when we're recording this, so it's uh, not long to turkey season, and, I, and I'm really looking forward to hunting with you again this spring. So, another 25 days. Yeah, and we're gonna sneak a couple snow goose hunts in there, maybe in between. So, um, thanks everybody for listening to this podcast. Uh, episode three will be coming up after, obviously, this one, and uh, we're not gonna let on who the next guest is, but it's gonna be a good one. So, thanks everybody. Take care.